All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Can you see Did you notice? Check, but the puck comes right to Pedersen, who tries a bank pass for Besser. In with a shot, he scores! A moment's notice. Head on You're listening to Canucks Conversation. Quinn Hughes, the reporter here. Like, I don't, I won't cover the Canucks. Yeah. I cover Quinn Hughes and what he's doing to the Canucks. A member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Just wave the guy and get Demko involved. I'm one of the men in Valentine's Day. Wow. We should do a radio show together. <laughs> right on. I want to fist bump you right now. What a Pearl steals, cutting in, shoots, scores! Don't waste all the good stuff on the off air. Let's go. Hello Canucks fans and welcome back to another episode of the Canucks Conversation brought to you by the great folks over at Zephyr Epic. You can use promo code Hockey Season, capital H, capital S, all one word, Hockey Season. That will get you $5 off your order at Zephyr Epic. That is Z-E-P-H-Y-R-Epic.com. They've got you covered for all of your trading card needs. So be sure to go check them out at retail location in Surrey as well at Zephyr Epic. But if you can't make it out there, uh, use their website, order yourself some cards online free shipping on any order over $50 Canada wide as my co-host Chris Faber uh, opens up a pack right before our very eyes. My name is David Quadrelli. I'm joined as always by the men who build the place. As I said, Chris Faber, our technical producer, Alex Allard and Faber has pulled a young guns here on a Monday edition of Canucks conversation. Chris, we cannot see who that is. Yeah. That freaking $700 for this damn webcam. I can't even get anything going here. Caden Korzak. Uh, young guns from the Golden Knights. Young guns look—they uh, look a little different this year on the uh, on the series one cards. I'm not sure if I like it. I have seen 
there are some rookie Kuzmenko cards now out there. They're still calling them rookie cards. I haven't seen a young gun of uh, of him yet, but I have seen some rookie cards. The OPG has some uh, rookie cards, so that's normally uh, Series 2 of the Upper Deck cards, which I believe are available for pre-order now over on Zephyr Epic. Good folks over there. So uh, go get yourself uh, those Kuzmenko rookie cards. I know I'll... Uh, I'll be hunting for some Kuzmenko rookie cards. Even if he's not a technical rookie, it's his rookie NHL card. Like, it's got to be worth something. That's pretty cool stuff. I've, I looked on eBay a little bit today. There's, like, some some 3D cards of him, some gold-printed ones. They're going for hundreds of dollars. Like, the Kuzmenko rookie cards are uh, they're off to a hot start right now, but I'm curious about that because, like, I, want, I feel like this, this could be, like, the most excitement for, for Kuzmenko for a card specifically, like right now. Like, I feel like it could just depreciate from now. And maybe he ends up scoring, even if he ends up being like a 30 to 40 goal scorer for like the next five years, you think like the hype right now has to be the highest. Highest it's been on the uh, on the Andre Kuzmenko card market. That's what I have to, have to say about that. I mean, it could get higher. We'll see how this guy does. It's like his value. We keep talking about Kuzmenko, and uh, I feel like we're blown away every time he uh, suits up. For the Canucks. Okay, so Zephyr Epic, that's where you go get yourself some cards. Uh, be sure to go check them out. Chris, 30 seconds of dog. I'm I'm afforded 30 seconds of dog. I don't want to talk about my dog. He's getting vaccinated tomorrow. I'm very excited. Being able to take him on uh, proper walks is going to be very exciting. Okay, but I want to spend some time here talking real quick about the poutine dog uh, oh, yeah. that the Toronto Blue Jays will be offering at the Rogers Center this year alex let's get a photo of this there we go blue jays will have a poutine hot dog exactly what it sounds like folks and for 9.99 at the rogers center it's a hot dog with cheese curds fries and gravy on it are there fries in there chris like that's what i'm trying to figure out are there fries or those look like like, uh, those like hash browns what am i looking at little chunks of potato i guess on there it's kind of like uh you ever get those corn dog those crazy corn dogs that are covered in those little uh, fried up potato things you ever seen those they got uh something some of them down here used to be one of my favorite spots um, to get a snack, but yeah, I don't know. I've had the, so listen, they used to have this at Arby's. Okay. I'm going to find it. I got to get a photo up here of it. They got the poutine dip at Harvey or at, uh, at Arby's. And that was, that was really good. Okay. It was an excellent sandwich, but it was too much. Let me, let me get my screen going here. Blow me up, Alex. The, this was it really an excellent sandwich. And for those on the podcast, what he's pulling up, it's a it's a roast beef sandwich from oh. Arby's. I uh, remember when this dropped, how excited you were. Uh, and then it has onion rings. They're, they're famous onion rings. Or not oh, onion stop. rings, excuse me, curly fries. They're curly fries um, with the cheese curds and the gravy in there. And yeah. you said it was good? I mean, it was pretty good, but it was like it was covered in gravy on the inside. And then it came with a gravy dip. You can see it here. It comes with a gravy dip on the side. A little bit too much. It was just like, it, it was too much. It, that's how I feel about the situation. And I'll tell you what, the, the curly fries are the best thing at Arby's. That's like, you know, hands down for sure. You can see in the photo here, just gorgeous. Uh, nice little crisp on the outside, some seasoning in there. They mix it up really good. I don't know. Just didn't hit the spot. And I've, you know, I'm an Arby's supporter through and through. Big Arby's guy. Uh, always have been, always will be. But the thing about Arby's is if they're famous for their meats and their sandwiches like that, I don't think that's their best thing. It's the curly fries, and that's what sets them apart. That's what really is their calling card to the fast food industry. It's it's you got to hit those curly fries hard. Corey Anderson says nothing from Arby should ever enter a human body. I disagree. You get yourself the the loaded curly fries. They got bacon, sour cream, cheese, shredded cheese, cheese sauce. There's a whole bunch of cheeses going on there. The loaded curly fries. It's the best fast food menu item out there. And this, I tell you what. For ten dollars, so nine ninety nine, that's a that's a hefty price for a hot dog, man. You're looking at that hot dog. That's not a foot long. That's a six inch. Okay, bun looks fine, but you get a little cheese on there. Here's what you do: you go out to Abbotsford. They have this exact same thing. They got the cheese dog out there. They don't use, um, they don't use like cheese sauce or shredded cheese. They use poutine cheese. They put a bag of the poutine cheese on there. That thing out there at uh, Lully's out in Abbotsford at the game. People are going to be going out to Abbotsford for the playoff games. Lully's dogs. You go pick one up there. Boom. That's what I'm talking about. Okay. I didn't mean for this conversation to go on for five minutes. So let's let's move on here. But I, the last thing I want to say about this is I feel like this is something you can make at home. Like I feel like we could try this. You could go pick up any poutine from whatever fast food oh. place you want. Hell, you can make your own. Got an air fryer. There you go. Do whatever you want. But 
you throw whatever poutine, like I'm trying to look at what that poutine looks like. And, you know, I'd say Harvey's. I know we don't have any in BC, but that looks like a Harvey's poutine right there. Okay, you can make that. You can make that. And I think I might just do that. Okay. But no, seriously, um, think about it. You use, I know are you, you if you're making hot dogs at home, you'd rather just have like a chili on there, right? Like is, is poutine really the, is gravy the best topping for a hot dog? There's no chance. It's gravy's in the top no, top I, fifty, I, but it's not anywhere in the top ten for a topping. I would try it. Sure, I'd still try it. I'd still try it. Doesn't change the fact that I would still try it. Yeah, but I'd like I'd rather have uh, peanut butter and bacon on there on a hot dog. That's a good thing right there. The landlubber used to have that back in the day. People in Nanaimo, they know what I'm talking about. Landlubber used to be big on the hot dogs. They used to have a full thing, uh, a full menu just of hot dogs. Landlubber, I don't know what's going on over there. The wings aren't as good. The hot dog menu's gone. I haven't been there in a long time. It used to be the spot. Tough time. Uh, Commander Vander jumped in the chat and said, we really replaced the puppy updates with the heart attack minute, huh? Uh, and yes, it's uh, it, this is what this, this segment should be called. Okay, let's move on, Chris. Let's talk about the Vancouver Canucks. A winning weekend for those Canucks, Chris. Uh, picking up the win uh, twice this weekend. What did you think? Like, like I don't even know where you want to start because I don't read the outline. But nope. like, where do you want to start? I'll ask you because I feel like there's a few things that we can point at um, from this weekend. Yeah, I think uh, this weekend told me that uh, somebody should bring some gravy with them to a Canucks game and try and toss over a poutine dog to Kuzmenko like Jesse just said in the chat there. I think that's a great idea. Uh, let's get the weekend stats up here. We had a couple games on the weekend here. A couple guys putting up a pair of goals. Um, we'll get the stats up real quick. I thought it was a good performance through and through for the Vancouver Canucks, specifically in the game on Saturday against those Dallas Stars. That's a good team there in the Dallas Stars. Uh, so over the weekend, you got a couple goals from Brock Besser, one of them empty net. Elias Patterson had the two big goals yesterday in his game. But I want to bring this up with Brock Besser. I thought he had a really good weekend. I thought, you know, plays 17 and a half plus minutes uh, in the two games. Ends up having 14 shot attempts over the two games. That's the Brock Besser you want, man. And I feel like we've been giving him props over the past few weeks here on this show. I really think you're starting to see Brock Besser kind of find his own. And I think that's the interesting thing is he's finding his own thing that works. He's not finding the thing that a lot of people painted him as, right? Like he's not the for sure sniper on the team anymore. He doesn't have the best shot on the power play anymore. But man, like he's, he is finding what is going to give him success right now. And I wonder what that means for his future, whether it be with the Canucks or with somebody else, is he's changing the narrative a little bit about the player type that he is. And I think it's going to benefit him in the long run. I don't know what the future is, what's going to happen this offseason. Um, but I tell you what, just watching him play of late, he's looking pretty good under Rick Talk, and I think he's really finding his own uh, and getting into one of those streaks where you really like Brock Besser on a nightly basis. And I don't think that happens... Every season from game one to game 82, there are there are ups and there are downs with Brock Besser. But right now, um, as you can see from the stats, eight individual scoring chances over two games. And like I said, 14 shot attempts. Great stuff from Brock Besser over the weekend. I really liked his play. Uh, and I think he's a guy who's showing that he belongs in this top six for sure if he's back here next season. We've talked about it, and it's it's the play at both ends of the ice, right? Like, you're seeing it at both ends of the ice, and it's nice to see him get rewarded. Obviously, the empty net goal last night, and that was nice to see as well. Like, it's good to see him getting rewarded. Sure, it is an empty net goal, but you're seeing his ice time go up under Tockett, and you're seeing him just look like more of an NHL player, to be honest with you. Um, obviously, like you said, the scoring's there, but the defensive play as well. Like, he's, he is really holding his own, and... Look, like before talk got here, we would never be talking about Brock Besser as a North-South player. Not sure if that's because nobody talked about North-South-East-West before talk had started saying it, but I digress. I'll say here, Brock Besser has looked a lot more like a guy that can fit in a Rick Tockett system. Um, I've been impressed with him. Another guy that I, I want to shift the conversation to a little bit here is Jack Rathbone, friend of the show, right? Jack Rathbone, obviously scoring that goal in the first game. Look, looks really good. Like, I, I think he looks right at home on an NHL blue line right now. Now, the question I have for you, Chris, is do you think that we might see Jack Rathbone stick in the NHL this time around? Like, do you think Jack Rathbone might actually be able to hold a spot on a Rick Tockett-led team? Like, is the presence of a defensive system, which, let's be honest, the Canucks didn't have much of before under Green or uh, Boudreaux, for that matter, is the presence of a defensive system going to help Jack Rathbone stick in the NHL. I think it'll help, but it also helps Christian Molanin. You know, these guys who have gotten a chance to play games in front of Rick Tockett, and 
get an opportunity to showcase what they can do. Like, well, has been the guy who I think has impressed the most out of the guys who have come from the AHL, right? Like, I'm trying to think of another name. Like, I guess Phil DiGiuseppe is the other one to kind of put into the conversation here. But a lot of the defensemen are going to benefit from a structure. And I, I think that Jack Rathbone is certainly a guy who you want to have success because if he does reach his potential, he's going to be a very effective bottom four defenseman. That's kind of what you expect from him if he continues to thrive and, and can find a role on this team that makes a lot of sense for next season. And that's the most important thing, right? Like if he can find that spot that makes sense for him, whether it be on a third pairing with who knows Tyler Myers, or if he's playing with Philip Ronick, like I, I think that's the interesting one there. If you're really looking to get the highest potential of puck movers, it's, it's the idea and the hope. And uh, you know, it's, it's not necessarily the thing I would bet on happening, but you know, if, if Rathbone can find some success with Ronick, you really like what uh, the potential is on that pairing. I just don't know if he's at that point to put him ahead of guys like Christian Wolanin on the on the depth chart going into next season. I think Wolanin's showed that he can play at the NHL level. He's He's been excellent at the AHL. He thrived in the opportunities that were given to him there. But I tell you, like, Rathbone is going to have to improve again. Like, we've had excitement about Rathbone for a long time he now needs to improve just his play in his own right and fit better with this team and do a lot of little things this offseason to really secure a spot in the NHL next season. Because this year, I think there was a lot of hope that he could do that. And obviously starting the year, uh, getting an opportunity to play early on in the season and a lot of healthy scratches, a shot down to the AHL. I just, I think he's got to, he's got to make improvements. The level that he's at right now, he's getting older. He's getting to that point where you have to, you know, kind of, jump into the being a full-time NHL or being a guy who's really good in the AHL. And I think that Rathbone needs to take another step this offseason to get him to that point of being a guy they trust on opening night to go in the lineup. My other takeaway from the weekend, Chris, Philip Ronick is a fantastic defenseman. Yeah, like, he's good. He's really good. You, you watched him play, and it's a small sample size. I admit it's a small sample size, but, man, does he look like something that this team's needed for a very long time, right? Like, he... <laughs> I, there's no other way to put it. He just, he moves the puck well. He plays defense well. He is, I think most important of all, taking away ice time from Quinn Hughes, which sounds like a bad thing. But when you look at how much Hughes was playing, it's a very good thing, right? Like it's a good thing that Quinn Hughes all of a sudden isn't playing close to 30 minutes a night. And I remember the other day you and I were having the conversation of, is Hronik's ice time closer to 20 or 25 minutes? The answer is clearly 25 and it's over 25 sometimes. Like I think, I think we're going to see Hronik continue to, you know, be the guy that maybe plays more than Hughes on some nights. And I think he's capable of it. I think he's capable of it to be quite honest with you. There's, there's one thing I wanted to get to uh, with the power play with regards to Hronik, but do you want to say anything else about Hronik's play before I go off about this? No, I think I know what you're about to go off on, but I agree. I think depending on how the game plays out, like, I would like to see for next season, Hronick have more penalty-killing minutes than Hughes. I think that would be a good thing. I think that's a good thing for Quinn Hughes to get the best out of Quinn Hughes. I also wouldn't be shocked to see if 5-on-5 five five ice time is something that Hronick's beating Hughes in and every night, right? Because Hughes is going to be relied upon to eat a lot of minutes on the power play. I get that. He's also going to get some time on the penalty kill. Maybe you're going to see Hronick be a guy who can... At least, not necessarily every night, but there has to be nights where Hronick is the lead dog at 5-on-5, five five, right? That's what, in my eyes, like a very good top four defenseman can do for your team is he's going to eat it up at 5-on-5 five five this this game, right? Like, And if he can do that, massive step in the right direction for what the Canucks are going to do with their defense core. Uh, and they only had to give up a first and a second round pick for him. So there you go. There you go. I do... Um, I, I want to get to the... I do have some McDonough stuff I want to get to. I got some, some great photos of him and his family. But let's get to your heroic takes. I think... Can I can I guess what you're going to say? I mean, sure. I think we've had the conversations. So yeah. You might get, be a pretty educated guess, but this, go ahead. This whole Philip Heronic on power play with Quinn Hughes, you could take it and throw it out the window. That's what I think you're going to say. This whole two defensemen set, it doesn't work. Get Heronic on the, on the second unit, just sending bombs. Like, I haven't seen that bomb that everyone's talked about yet from Heronic as a Canuck. And I know... Short sample size. He's just not finding it on the uh, on the power play. And I think the similar thing, when he was on the power play with Quinn Hughes, JT Miller was absent too. JT Miller was not involved in the power play at all when both those defensemen are out there. He's just there taking up space. And listen, JT Miller, you can knock his game for certain things. Power play is not one of them. Right? Like That's where he is a very good NHLer. He is one of the better power play players in the NHL. And when he's not engaged in a power play, 
you got to make some moves. You got to get this guy engaged and uh, just looked a little off. I like that they tried it. I, I really think they had to try it. But I'm, yeah, I, I hope that's what you're talking about because I'm done with the Hronik on uh, on PP1 with Hughes thing. He might, you know, see what happens when he looks on power play too. I think that's a better option because the second unit likes to shoot the puck and funnel pucks towards the net. Send Hronik in his big bomb that everyone's talking about out there too. I want to see that. You know what I want to see more, Chris? Like, yes, you're right. The take was basically Ronick probably shouldn't be on the first power play unit if you're going to have two defensemen. But I would take it a step further and say Ronick shouldn't be on the Canucks first power play unit, right? But you talked about the bomb of the shot. He's completely neutralized with the position he's in on the off wall um, or on the half wall, excuse me, on his off side. Like he's completely neutralized from that. He, You saw a few times where he was calling for the one timer. He was looking for it, but he wasn't really able to get it off with the Detroit power play. That's just not where he played like that. That's not how it worked in Detroit for Ronick. What I would like to see is if you want to put Ronick on the first power play unit, if I'm not saying like, you know, I would go for four forwards. Right? I don't think that's a hot take. But if you're going to go with Ronick on the first power play unit, this power play unit needs to learn to rotate positions. They need to start moving a lot more. And we've talked about it so many times. You look at the Edmonton Oilers power play, right? Where everybody's in every spot, seemingly all at once. They're always rotating. They're always moving. And each guy is capable of doing a different role. You know, get that rotation. It shouldn't just be Hughes at the top dishing to the side to the other side. It needs to be a rotation where sometimes Ronick's at the top right? Like maybe you have Hughes and him switch and Hughes is coming down on the left side on his strong side, right? And then he's able to dish to the middle a little bit easier. Get some different looks if you're going to keep Ronick there. I don't hate the idea of him there. I hate the idea of him there on how the Canucks power play currently runs. I There's not enough movement and we've been criticizing the Canucks power play for it a, a long time now, I'd say. But when you see Ronick there, it really is kind of um, exaggerated, I would say, that this power play doesn't have enough movement on it. I, you know what? I thought they were doing that for a while. Like, Pedersen was getting a lot of touches at the top of the zone. Hughes was moving around a little bit. And, yeah, I think that that they just tried to force something a little bit with Ronick. And I think there, there could be an option there, like, to, to move things around. But I think with the bodies that you have, you just you have the options like Kuzmenko should be on a first power play unit. JT Miller should be on a first power play unit. Pedersen should be on a first power play unit. You can say the same for Brock Besser as well if you can find the spot for him. Like you have four forwards that should be on a first power play unit. You should just go with that. That's the way I look at it. I don't think you need to force it too much. And I think that's that was the interesting thing is Tockett made that adjustment in game yesterday, right? Like he started with that in the game. Come out in the second period, I believe it was, or maybe they came out in the third. Whatever it was, they came out of a period, uh, and they end up getting another power play goal. And it was with one defenseman, and the defenseman was Quinn Hughes. So at least they adjusted. They they wanted to have success. Obviously, that's what this team's been up to. Um, and they made the, ch- the necessary change. I think I had a tweet last night. I was like, oh, they changed it. Uh, that's great, because I was whining about it on Twitter, as I typically do uh, on a Sunday evening. And then they scored right after. So good stuff from that. Uh, speaking of good stuff, let's get these photos up here. This is this is the good stuff right here. Aiden McDonough, who's been a friend of the show for a long time, he made his debut on Sunday, his NHL debut for this guy. Look at the photos that the Canucks tweeted out here. We got a we got a few different ones to roll through. There he is, ties off, living it up. All his friends and family in town. Uh, really happy for Aiden McDonough to finally get that debut. You can see a bunch of McDonough jerseys uh, in the crowd. There was a great shot from the Vancouver Canucks, I think, on Twitter um, uh, of the the PR or whoever was working the social team there. They were watching him come down, get his rookie skate, and you could just see in the background all these 25 jerseys uh, rocking the McDonough jersey. Got to make the debut with his buddy Jack Rathbone as well, and I know he talked about that in the post game. Uh, really happy for the kid to get this opportunity and to do it alongside one of your best friends. Pretty incredible stuff. Uh, just like a like in general, just a, a wild story where it's like a, you know we've been following this story for for years now, and to see it actually come to fruition yesterday was pretty pretty damn awesome. Like I, I you know, there's a lot of things in this sport and the, and specifically this season covering this team where it hasn't been the most fun. This to me was like this makes it all worth it. Right, like a moment like this is just incredible for two people that we've dealt with who have been incredible people. So very happy that these two. Good people are having this success come to them. Got to think that it was an incredible moment for them getting the opportunity to not ne- not only be best friends and make it to the NHL together, but be on the same damn NHL team. Like, how cool is that? Imagine being a 10-year-old kid 
you know, and, and this is your best friend. You're like, yeah, we're going to make it to the NHL one day. And that doesn't happen for 99.99999% of people will never have that opportunity presented to themselves. That happened to these two guys. I just thought it was an incredible thing on Sunday there for McDonough. And I tell you what, he didn't look bad. He didn't look bad. I think he fit in as an NHLer on Sunday. I know it's Chicago, but I think he fit in. You talked about it. Best friends since first grade, Jack Rathbone and Aiden McDonough. But let's talk about McDonough's game. Let's talk about his NHL debut against those Chicago Blackhawks, Chris, because obviously he had the chance with the mad scramble in front of Peter Mrazek where you were thinking he's going to get his first goal here. He's going to get his first goal because we've seen the shot. We've talked about it. We've both seen the shot at the collegiate level with the Northeastern Huskies. Fantastic shot for McDonough. And the thing that you and I keep saying is he can let it go from anywhere, right? And with a mad scramble in front, you were thinking there's a good place to do it, but unfortunately couldn't get it, couldn't get good enough wood on it. Oh, so I got to cut you off because there was him, the, the, his first scoring chance came off of a Jack Rathbone point shot and the puck was just sitting there on the left side, like the goalie's right side, the left side if you're facing that puck sat there in the crease for a half second. And I'm, I, I said, storybook stuff, right? Like storybook stuff it would have been uh, if he could have, you know, just gotten a stick on that off of a Jack Rathbone shot. Oh, it would have been great. It would have been great to see. But yeah, you're right. He, he was, he didn't play a lot. I know. I think you were tracking some of the ice time. I saw you tweeting about it, uh, which is rare to see a quads tweet. But uh, you were tweeting about it a little bit. And uh, I know, was he, did he finish bottom? Did he finish bottom of the uh, of the team for ice time in that game? I believe he did. Yeah. Yes. So. Yeah, you were correct. He did. He finished bottom of the team. Yeah. So, I mean, listen, he got his chance. There was a lot of time where the game looked like it was still pretty close. And there were some opportunities in the third period. They gave him a run. And pretty cool moment to uh, to get the face off, right? I like how he joked that he hadn't, he hadn't taken a face off in six years. Comes into the NHL, puts a dub on that thing to start the game. That's what I'm talking about. That was good stuff um, from Aiden McDonough. Um, anything else you want from there? I got some more stuff to get to here before uh, this or that. Yeah, so the thing I wanted to point out, and it was the tweet that you just referred to, uh, he had played like three minutes of ice time in the first period. Team leading, two hits. Guy was throwing his weight around. I'm sure he didn't log another hit for the remaining seven minutes that he played in that game, but he was throwing his weight around to start. He's a big boy. You can't teach size, Chris. That's what they always say. You can't teach size, uh, and Aiden McDonough is a good example of that. But but on McDonough, before we move on here, I did think there was some stuff in his game and talk. It spoke about it after the game as well. He said, there's some stuff to work with there. And you saw him come back with that dogged effort on the back check, right? Like we saw it, um, you know, that effort that he had to tie up a stick and not take a hooking penalty. That's a, that's a talented defensive play. Like that is a very solid play for a kid to be making in his NHL debut, especially coming right out of the NCAA, right? Like, you know, People aren't expecting this guy to stick as an NHLer, but if he does plays like that every night, he's gonna he, he has a chance. He has a serious <laughs> chance to be a fourth line scoring winger. I love the uh, the chat. It's like he won one face off. Make him a center in all capitals from Canucks right D. Uh, Jesse Jesse says, "Yep, between pods and Kratzov, make him a center." Hey, no, Jesse's right. Hundred percent in the draw. Make him a center. The dude hasn't played center at all in his whole career. Uh, you got a better shot with Pod Colson, man. Um, that would be interesting. Hey. Imagine Pod Colson sticking around in Vancouver for the summer, working with Yogi, working with uh, Tockett, and becoming a center next year. Bruh, that uh, that would be awesome. That would be incredible. I do want to bring up something else regarding Pod Colson. Dude should be killing penalties, 100%. But the Canucks now have a NHL leading 14 shorthanded goals this season. They picked up a shorthanded goal from Dakota Joshua on Saturday. Another nice one. Quads, do you think you can name the NHL team that does not have a shorthanded goal this season? There is only one team. So the Canucks have 14, which is like, high. it's top of the league. There's still a team in the league without one. And I'll give you a hint, but I don't think this is a great hint because you probably could have guessed this. They suck. They suck really bad. This is one of the worst teams to watch this season. But I, I was shocked that the Canucks have 14. And can you guess this team? And everyone else can try and guess in the chat. This team does not have a shorthanded goal yet. I'm going to go with the Arizona Coyotes. You're pretty close. You're very close. I'll let you guess one more time. They're all. This is also a very bad team. The Canucks recently played them. And I'll give you this. I think their best player is their goaltender, but he's not going to be able to score any shorthanded goals. But he definitely keeps a lot of pucks out on the power play. Anaheim Ducks. John Gibson is the goaltender you're talking about. Oh, yeah. And I see some uh, San Jose, Columbus, Chicago, some guesses in the chat. It's Anaheim. 
Lisa nailed it. Uh, she said the Ducks, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's been a tough run uh, for the Ducks. I just I found that shocking that one team has fourteen, the other team has zero. Like that's a huge uh, huge swift there uh, from Charles Bomb. I, I want to bring up the goaltenders as well. I know you're gonna like this. this is for you, uh, Thatcher Demko. He's been great uh, ever since coming back to the line. Let's get this up here. The goalies over the last twelve games here. Uh, so the the Canucks are ten two and zero over the last twelve. You've got nine starts from Thatcher Demko. You've got two starts from Colin Delia. You got one start from the man himself, Archer Seelofs. He's got one start too, but uh, no already party today that much. We don't have much to get into with him. Um, Demko, go. What do you like? Or Delia? Like both? Uh, you, you see the stats on the screen here. Delia's last two starts, he's got a basically a nine forty save percentage. He's been good. He was really good on Sunday. Better save percentage than Demko. That's that's what yeah. surprised me the most when I was reading the stats today. Is better save percentage than Demko. So again, only two starts. But I, I look. I spoke about it last time. We talked about Delia, and I'm really interested to have this conversation with them as soon as they get home. Uh, I might have sent you in, given the situation with the dog. But I want to talk to Delia. Like I want to see kind of what where he's at in his game, how the season's gone compared to what he thought it was going to go like when I spoke to him before the season had begun. I'm really curious. I'm really curious to see how he's feeling because, you know, I, let's be honest here. I think the goalies are benefiting from some better defensive play in front of them. But I, I think there's no denying that the goalies have been great. Like the goalies have been a lot better uh, than they have been at any time this season. And I, I don't know, like there's a lot of psychological stuff that goes into it. And we saw like, look, Spencer Martin was a fine backup last season. And then as soon as he got thrust in the starter role this year, him and Delia kind of crumbled, right? Like the Canucks goaltending wasn't good enough when Thatcher Demko went down. Um, so you just wonder if Delia is just benefiting from, you know, playing in an actual backup role. And no, I guess maybe also you don't have anything to lose because of where you're at in the season. Um, yeah. But also like, you know, the team in front of them definitely playing a lot better as well. So there's a lot that goes into it, but I am really curious to have that conversation with Colin when I can. Sure. Right. Made a lot of improvements. It'll be interesting. The battle now you have at least, um, how much do we hear NHL teams talk about internal competition being so important? Hey, Colin Delia, Spencer Martin, right? Spencer Martin's getting a good run in the AHL. He's getting a lot more starts than Delia is, but Delia is looking good in those limited starts. And I tell you what, if you're auditioning for the backup role, what Delhi is doing right now is a nice little thing on his resume for next season. But goaltending, who knows what's going on with goaltending? I don't know anything. People, uh, people got all fired up in the chat too. So let's let's just give them a little taste of it. A lot of people are calling it an arty party when you're in that. That's the good stuff. That's the good stuff. I like that. We love it. Artie Party. We'll have more talk about him because this this show, we haven't really discussed this that much. But, you know, going into the offseason, we're not going to be here five days a week. We know that. I think everyone in the chat hopefully knows that. We're not going to be here in uh, in July doing Monday to Friday shows. But with the Abbotsford playoffs, we are going to try and make sure we follow every game. Something like that. We haven't decided on a schedule just yet. Uh, but watching Abbotsford in the playoffs, we're going to have a lot uh, of shows probably doing just uh, – some Abbotsford Canucks specific talk. So excited for that uh, as they clinched a playoff spot. Good job with the graphic there, Alex. Uh, but quickly, uh, as we wrap up the Vancouver Canucks, because we got a lot more stuff to get to, the reverse standings. Let's get this up. The Canucks are, uh, woo, they are just barely hanging on. They, uh, they are just a couple of points away um, from actually being a team not eligible, not able to even draft uh, or, or have a chance of winning the draft lottery and getting a chance at Connor Bedard. Um, listen, they're eight, two and We just talked about it. They're 10, two and over the last 12. They've been playing some good hockey. Ooh, man. I don't know what to say. I, I, I'm not okay, surprised. I, I just don't know what to say. I've thought about this a lot, Chris. I thought about what I was going to say. I was actually in the shower today. And I was thinking about this, about what I was going to say about this, because yeah. you're right, 3.5% chance at first overall. The only team with lower odds uh, is the Washington Capitals at 3%. And then if you're 12th, right, in the reverse standings, you don't have a shot. So if you're out of the top 11, you do, do not have a shot with the new rules um, at winning the draft lottery and getting the first overall pick. You can still win the draft lottery, quote unquote, but the highest you can move up is second uh, and so on and so forth. You get it. You get it, folks. Okay, so. I thought about this. I thought about this today about what I was going to say. And it was in the context of 
thinking about what we've seen from the team with Rick Tockett. And before Rick Tockett came aboard, Chris, how often did we say, nobody's going to buy it if they have a late season push? Like, nobody's going to buy it after the Boudreaux debacle, uh, everything that happened there. Nobody's going to buy it if this team just goes down the stretch and wins. A lot of people are buying it. A lot of people are buying it, and to some extent, that includes us, Chris. That includes both of us. We've talked about, this one just feels a little bit different. We've talked about all this, right? And to some extent, I believe that. Like, to, to some extent, I truly do believe it, that this team, if they can keep playing like this going into next season, if they get the goaltending, they're going to be fine. But if this team, Chris, comes into next season and lays a stinker out of the gate, right, and Thatcher Demko's not up to par, not, you know, no reason to believe that he would, wouldn't be, but... If they don't get the goaltending that they need in order to succeed as a team, if they don't buy into the team defense, all the things that we've spoken about with Rick Tockett that's led this team to be successful, if they come out of the gate and have another season where we just repeat this cycle of we're we're out of the play we're talking about being out of the playoffs by November, basically, right? Where this team's, you know, playing meaningful games in November, hopefully, right? Like like they were this season, where it was clear they were out of it really, really early on. If they have another season like this where they're out of it and then they land in the mushy middle and then, heaven forbid, this happens, but they go all in again at the deadline because we just need one more piece to be a playoff team. If they repeat this cycle next year, this year will go down as the worst of them all. This will be the year where Connor Bedard was the one that got away. Now, I know what a lot of fans are saying. They're going to come out and say, well, the Canucks would never win the draft lottery anyway. They're not going to get Connor Bedard. This is a draft that you want to have a high pick in. It is. That, that's all it comes down to. And I'm sorry, but if you're a fan of this team, you're probably a fan of Elias Pettersson. You're probably a fan of Quinn Hughes. Those guys were drafted at 5th and 7th, respectively. Okay? You need to get those picks. Even if it's 5th or 7th, you need those picks because that's where the difference makers are. That's where you land difference makers. It's not in the, the 15 to 30 range. And, you know, I know Brock Bester's in that range and whatever. Let's not get into technicalities right now. But a top five pick or a top 10 pick in this draft is great. And the Cucks might still get top 10, but the higher, the better, right? And if this team completely loses all odds of draft of winning the draft lottery and getting Connor Bedard, I'm sorry, this this will go down as one of the worst years, I think, in the franchise's history, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's got a it's got a chance to get to that. I mean, it's uh, it's unfortunate, but um, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's like here's the here's the way I look at this: is you you can't waste this, right? You can't waste this winning because you you don't want to simply just waste away. Just keep rolling, Alex, till you hit something uh, over there on the draft lottery simulator. Uh, but you can't waste the wins now, right? Hey, there it is. Only took three tries. Canucks won the draft lottery. Let's go. Um, they, this these wins can't just mean nothing because last year you did this and the draft, you know, the draft lottery. Uh, I mean, just like you can't have another season where you come in and and not winning off the top doesn't really mean that much. Like you need to be able to come into this season and be able to build off what you did this year. And I, and I think there's a chance we see that. I mean, the sounds of everything from talking get you somewhat excited about him wanting to have craps off here in the summer and. You know, him to be on the ice with players yeah. throughout the offseason. I like all that. I mean, it just felt like there was such good vibes last season that I I can't, I'm not ready to be hurt again, right? Like, I'm not ready to be, you know, that, that scar hasn't healed up. We're still in the damn season where this just happened, okay? We're still in the, this is the same season that Boudreaux came into the season and said it would be a disaster if they didn't make the playoffs. So I'm not getting excited because this season to me, has been an absolute disaster. It's a disaster. The st- I don't care if things are going better now. The whole season is a disaster. So I'm not ready to be excited about next year just yet. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Dominic in the YouTube live chat said we were at the bottom and are moving towards mediocrity mediocrity for how many years in a row? Like, it's a good point. You you just said you're not ready to be heard again. And here we are talking about the things that they're doing well and saying, you know, maybe this year is going to be different. Maybe it's going to be different. I, 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 I'm sure. Well, I'm not sure. There's a chance that I might look back on this and say, oh, how could you fall for it again? How are you so stupid? But I'm I, not I think to some extent, Chris, I, I think that you can you can buy some of this. Like, I think you can buy some of this. I think that going into next season, I, look, I also don't think it's that dramatic where it's this big hot take. Look, if this team gets goaltending, if they get good goaltending, they can compete. And that's all it comes down to. And they didn't get goaltending to start this year. And we saw the results of it, right? Now we're seeing them with goaltending. I think it's almost as simple as that. I still think, you know, not to take anything away from Rick Tockett or the good things that this team's doing in front of their goaltenders. But I think at the end of the day, that's the biggest thing. Like, that's what it comes down to is this team really does need pretty elite level goaltending in order to compete. And right now they're getting it. Let's hope they get it next year. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> Let's hope. That's that's what I you know. At least there's something to hope about. Felt like last year there wasn't. Um, all right, Alex is uh, he's, Alex is in my ear here. He wants to get to the uh, the next thing on the ticker. But first, uh, let me talk about BetterHelp for just a little quick minute here. BetterHelp now sponsored. Let me try that one right off the top again. <laughs> Canucks conversation. Hey, it's the first time doing the new read. Okay, it's the first time doing the new read. Plus, uh, you got to clip this. Um, Canucks Conversation is sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp is therapy online that has served over 3 million people worldwide and is available to consumers in Canada. Therapy is all about deepening your self-awareness and understanding because sometimes we don't know what we want or why we react the way we do until we talk through things. I'll tell you what, I've been going to uh, therapy for a long time now, probably about six months. It has been amazing. I highly recommend it. Um, BetterHelp is a great option to get started in this. Um, obviously, there's been a lot of things that have happened in the last year which have been very difficult and something that I probably wouldn't be able to handle on my own. Um, so being able to talk to a therapist has been huge. Uh, BetterHelp connects you with a therapist who you can take on the journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. As the largest online therapy provider in the world, BetterHelp can, act, can help provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise in mental health. Our listeners, listen to this, they get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com slash, slash Convo CA. That's BetterHelp.com slash Convo CA. That is our promo code, Convo CA. Uh, BetterHelp, great option to get you started uh, with, with therapy because it's been very helpful. Uh, that I can attest to you for sure. Let's get to it. We got a video. We got some music. Hit it, Alex. Let's get to uh, this or that. Here we go. This or that. Quads, this is where I uh, I throw things at you and I get you to decide. The first thing or the second thing. I don't know how long we're going to let this music run. This is Harmon's uh, rock music. By request, Harm wanted this. <laughs> um, I don't know. Oh, yeah. All right, let's get to it. This or that. Quads, first question. Who has impressed you more this season? Neil Zaman or Christian Wolanin? I would say Neil Zaman. 
Now, <laughs> I know I have to elaborate on that. I, I'm just trying to think about what each guy has done this season. And for Willannon, like, let's look at it. He's been a phenomenal AHL point-producing defenseman, right? He's played at both ends of the ice super well, uh, impressed in training camp for the Canucks as well and in the preseason. I was a little surprised he got sent down, but uh, has also looked good at the NHL level. That being said, I think Neil Zaman's defensive capabilities and just overall two-way play has been a revelation that I don't think anybody would have expected. Like, I think to some extent, when the Willannon signing happened, look, older player as well, older than Amon, um, when it happened, I think a lot of people looked at it and said, like, I know there was Kings fans even who said, like, you know, this this might be a guy who we shouldn't have let get away, right? Didn't get a lot of playing time during the pandemic. We've had him on the show. He's spoken about it. Um, the opportunity that he's been given, he's very thankful for that with the Canucks organization. It was almost like a guy who you looked at and said, he just has to play. Like, he just has to play. So I wouldn't say I've been most surprised by Will Lennon. I always thought he was going to be good. Um, I'm admittedly, I didn't think AHL all-star, uh, NHL call up and looking competent in those minutes was in on the horizon for him. But for Amon, when that signing happened, I really didn't think anything of it, right? Like here's a guy who, um, you know, I believe it was Colorado that drafted him and, you know, passed on him. He couldn't, uh, couldn't earn a pro contract with them. When you're a guy who gets a contract and you're, you're a former draft pick, that gets a contract uh, in free agency because your club didn't want to sign you. To me, that signals that you probably your ceiling is probably as an AHL player. Yeah, right? you were, like you that, were given up on by an organization. You were literally given up on. Exactly, and that's usually what that signals to me is that you're going to be an AHL player for the rest of your career if you even have an AHL career. Okay, so that's what that signals to me. So I didn't think much of Neil Zaman, but then right from training camp, we saw him come in, and this is something Bruce Boudreau talked about a lot at the ga- the game over in Sweden, where he has such a good understanding of the defensive side of the game. It's evident in his play, and there's a reason he's been able to stick as this team's fourth line center. Uh, basically all season long, right? Um, I, I think that's a guy who can still take another step too. We've heard Rick Tockett say, yeah, I'd like to see him go, you know, put on a little bit of muscle, be harder to play against along the wall and the boards and that kind of thing. I, I have to go with Neil Zaman here. Yeah, I think he's been one of the better surprises this season uh, throughout. We'll do one more quick one. Um, let's get the graphic. Let's get the graphic up here, Alex. You worked hard on this. It looks good. I like it. The, uh, the graphic uh, for this or that. There you go. You hear that on this song too, by the way. It's a cowbell. It's good. It's cowbell. All right. uh, This or that quads. Let's go. If you had to eat dessert for seven days straight, would you rather have churros or Nanaimo bars for that dessert? Seven days in a row of eating the same dessert. No question. No question. Churros, no question. No I don't know. Question. I think no you could get. I think you get a little tired of the churros. There's not enough multi flavors there, like there isn't an Animal Bar. Seven days in a row, you got to have this. Churros is gr- it's a great treat once no, in a while, I, but I, the Animal Bar had those layers, man. Plus, you can't no, even eat half like these things, Nymobars. anyways. I don't like the. Yeah, well, the things you're gonna bring up. I re- actually did read the outline, but yeah. Um, Nanaimo bars, I'm not a huge fan. Got to be honest. All right. Well, we'll save some of these other questions later on. I do have a bunch of. Uh, Odds and ends to get to. Let's kill the beat here. All right, let's get to odds and ends, and let's get out of here. Um, All right, Max uh, Assassin, he's joined. He's going to be the assassin down there on the fourth line with the Abbotsford Canucks. Signed an ATO uh, with Abbotsford, obviously, coming out of Western Michigan. He was the center on that line. Let me get you you some number. I tracked 25 games over the weekend of Max Hassan. He's not good in the face-off dot. He's he's a bad face-off taker uh, in the NCAA. He was 44%. Uh, in the face-off dot, and while shorthanded, only 34% uh, in the face-off dot while shorthanded. He averaged 1945 um, minutes of ice time this season, uh, so good amount of minutes for him. Here's the interesting thing. This is what I tracked at 5-on-5. Five five. Hear this out. So over 25 games, the 25 that I tracked, he was only on the ice for seven goals against at even strength. So defensively, Pretty damn good. Uh, I looked through and listen. Western Michigan had a pretty easy schedule. I wouldn't say they had one of the harder schedules in the NCAA for hockey. They played some good teams. And you go through 25 games, you're only on the ice for seven goals against, and you're playing 20 minutes a night. Gonna be curious to see what this guy looks like uh, defensively. And here's what I really liked 
So I think there's a difference between looking at a player's Corsi and looking at a player's expected goals, right? Like, obviously there is. Corsi is shot attempts. Uh, expected goals is more about, you know, where the shots are coming from. And I think when you have a higher control of expected goals, I think it's what you're doing is a good job once you're actually in zone. Because I think that you can benefit from having a good Corsi by firing a lot of shots. Uh, this is a good example of the Carolina Hurricanes. They love crossing the blue line and getting the puck towards the net. You won't see as many scoring chances because they're going to see a drop in their Corsi if they get that. So they're they're going by you know volume more than anything. Uh, Sasan had very good Sasson Max Sasson that's his name. Um, he had a sixty one point eight percent Corsi, which is very good. Okay, this is twenty five games I tracked in the NCAA this year. A sixty one point eight percent Corsi four, but the expected goals even better than that. Sixty eight point three percent control of expected goals, nearly seventy percent control of expected goals. And listen, he was on a great line. Uh, those two guys that he played with there, McAllister uh, in Poland, they're, they're great. But, um, yeah, really good defensive numbers. Curious to see what this guy looks like. Looks like he's going to be joining uh, the Abbotsford Canucks in Manitoba who play there Wednesday. And we might have somebody from uh, Abbotsford on the show tomorrow as well. He's uh, he's a Dan, Dan Milstein client. I had a question about this in the mailbag that I wanted to address real quick. So like, oh, like if you have so many players coming from one agent on your team, is it going to be a bad thing? Like, is it a bad thing? Is it going to be controlled from the agent? So for context, Milstein's clients are Ilya Mikheyev, Andre Kuzmenko, Vitaly Kravtsov, Danila Klimovich, Kirill Kudryatsev, and Max Sasson. For, for more context here, Milstein has four or more clients on each of the Calgary Flames, Winnipeg Jets, Vegas Golden Knights, Tampa Bay Lightning, and San Jose Sharks. Uh, Craig Oster, who's a big-time NHL agent with Newport Sports, he's got six teams in the NHL where he has five or more clients. So I don't think you're at the point. Like, this is all fun. This is fun, and it's good like to have uh, you know to have some fun with an agent. I don't think this is a bad thing at all, having a lot of players on your organization. Here's, here's why. Do the Canucks have a better chance of landing Kuzmenko because they have a good relationship with the agent? Absolutely. Patrick Alvin's relationship with, with Dan Milstein is something that they both talked about quite a bit and said that there's a good relationship there. It's something that... You know, these two guys get along. So, yes, there's a lot of players, and it's always funny when it's another Milstein client or whatever Dolly Wall's talking about on Donnie and Dolly about, you know, it's another Milstein client, another Milstein client. It's funny, but it, it, it had to help with the with Landon Kuzmenko, who was probably the biggest, listen, the biggest European free agent we'll probably see for a few years, right? Like, I don't think we're going to see anybody at that level type, you know, come out here uh, and make that much of an impact. So I think the agent general manager relationships came into play there and I think it helped. So that's a good thing. I just wouldn't be shocked to see the Canucks continue to build on this. Don't, you know, don't be surprised to see more Russians on the Canucks over the next few years. Cause that's what Milstein does so well, really good job of bringing guys over from Russia and getting them comfortable in North America. Dan Milstein does an incredible job of that. You can joke around about the, the relationship and what he, you know, his, his fun on Twitter. One thing he really does and should be praised for is doing an excellent job with these players and making them feel comfortable. Does a really good job of that. Uh, I heard this too. The, the Akito Hirose deal, I heard it's done. Uh, the Canucks are going to sign Akito Hirose. Um, he's likely to sign an ATO as well uh, and report with Abbotsford. Um, here's J.D. Burks talk about him. Uh, you know, He says he's an intelligent, detailed, mobile defenseman who profiles as a, as a modern defensive defenseman. Hey, lots to like there. Get him in the lineup. Play him with, uh, play him with uh, Hironic. Hirose and Hironic. It's got a good ring to it. Uh, let's see what happens. Get him in some action. I'd personally like to see Hirose on a um, on an ATO, getting an opportunity to play in the uh, in the AHL playoffs a little bit. I'm not sure he might be at the level where you kind of need to to burn a year on his deal, just because he is a higher level NCAA free agent. So I keep an eye on that. Uh, finally, Abbotsford Canucks they clinched playoff spot. We touched on it a little bit there. We had the graphic up earlier. Uh, they've clinched the playoff spot with a overtime loss uh, on Sunday. Arshdeep Baines. 10 points over his last 11 games. Kid is rolling ever since he came on Canucks combo. Three goals in his last four games. Stay hot. He's staying hot. You like to see it. Uh, so good stuff all through and through. They play, like I mentioned, Manitoba Moose on uh, Wednesday, I believe, for Abbotsford. Okay. Um, this this has been in our work tape or outline or whatever at the bottom there under extra because I gave you this take about a month ago and I've been meaning to get to it. 
the Canucks should be all over Tyler Mott and free agency. And th- somehow there's Tyler Mott discourse in the YouTube live chat right now. And I want to get in front of this. I think it's a great idea. Corey Anderson was one of the people that mentioned it. A lot of people talked about Tyler Mott today for some reason. I'd love to see Motter back on a league minimum with Amon and Joshua. That would be a great fourth line. Tyler Mott basically managed to drive a fourth line of Yuho Lamico and Matthew Highmore for a good chunk of the season, Chris. If you're looking for a good fourth line, you're looking for a solid penalty killer, if you can get Tyler Mott back, like, let's say, give him the Lazar. Give him a three-year deal at $1 million per year, right? Uh, if you can get Mott at that, or even $1.5 million, I don't care. Nah. If you can get Mott on a three-year deal, oh, come on. Three years at one point five, you wouldn't do that for Tyler Mott. No, I wouldn't. Why? He's that, a fourth. That's, he's that's a fourth a liner. Offense. He's a fourth liner. This show. He's a fourth liner. He's a good fourth liner. So, a fo- he's a fourth liner who is going to elevate the play of the rest of your fourth line. Sure. Okay. And he's also somebody that, if you bury that contract, if for some reason you need to bury that contract, here's a hint: you don't need to, at any point. Okay. If for some reason you need to bury that contract, you're only the cap hit's gonna be like what four hundred thousand, three hundred thousand, something is totally insignificant like that. That it, no, they should be all over it. If you can get him at three years, one point five million, you absolutely need to bring him back. No, but here's absolutely. the thing: he's coming off a contract where what did he just sign for? He signed. Uh, he had the two year deal with Jim Benning, but then uh, who signed the one before? He's, he's on a one year deal with the Ottawa Senators at one point three, like. Sorry, Alex, but you sign a one-year deal with the Senators. You're not getting like a multi-year, more than a million-dollar deal anywhere. <laughs> sorry, Alex, that sounds horrible <laughs> for Senators fans, but like, I'm sorry, but like, you, you sign a one-year deal for 1.35. It's not like your next. It's not like he's blowing away that contract this year. So it's not like he's going to earn more. I, I don't think Mott's going to be a guy who's making much more than a million dollars. I, I can see the Lazar deal. So <laughs> if the Canucks really want to get in on a guy who's you know going to be 29. In a month? Do you want him until he's 32? Maybe. And maybe he wants it for a million dollars. But I, I'd be curious to see what happens here. Because, yeah, he was he was definitely most comfortable in his NHL career when he was playing with the Vancouver Canucks. So I think that's going to be something that's there for him. We'll have to see. New coaching staff. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a general manager who didn't sign him to that first contract as well here. It's a different management group. I think 1.5 is too much on a three-year deal for Tyler Mott, a fourth line. Also, you got to move away from forget. that. You have, you got AHL guys, you got Baines coming, you got these op, like you got Carlson, like it's a winger, right? If Tyler Mott was actually like a center, I'd go that way. Okay, sure. Um, look, there's, there's, there's a mix, mix of opinions in the chat uh, with the Tyler Mott discourse right now. Wasn't expecting that uh, on a Monday afternoon here, but a lot of people pointing out just, yeah, you don't want more wingers and it makes sense. Um, it does. It does make sense. But also Jesse Town, he's the ultimate Swiss army knife. He's good. Jesse threw in I the like chat him. there. And also people call him a fourth liner. Look, guy can play on a third line just fine. I'm just saying he's a very, very good fourth liner. And if you're looking to take that step, He's somebody you'd like to have around. Good character guy as well. Good character guy. You can't teach that. Oh, he's a good. Yeah, he is a good guy. He's a good guy. One of the best guys you could have. And uh, listen, man. Yeah, I don't know. It's a lot. We'll see. We'll see what they do with that. Uh, we'll continue with another with time. that fourth round pick. They got that this year coming up, yeah. eh? Okay, Betway, get us out of here. All Let's right, go Betway. There we go. Betway, 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 Bet. Let's do Smarty Party music for it. Here we go. What do we got? We got the Oilers. We got the Yotes down in Arizona. Leon Dreisaitl and Barrett Hayton both to put up a point. Plus 110. $10 bet. That's going to turn you 21 if you hit on both those players getting a point. I like that. You could like that as well. So that's Dreisaitl and Hayton both to put up a point in this one. Plus 110. $10 bet's going to return you 21. Here we go. The big one. The massive one. A massive one on this. A plus 1,200. We got the Coyotes to upset the Oilers, win this game, have a total goals of over 7.5, and Leon Dreisaitl to pick up a goal in this game. He's been red hot lately. The Oilers fan, I see him all there, those Oily boys, and you're with them, Quads. You're right in the front row cheering on the Leon Dreisaitl section here. You and the uh, the Germans who came to visit, you guys are all together. You're in the front row with the Germans. They uh, Leon Dreisaitl score a goal, Coyotes to win, and over 7.5 total goals in this game. Hey, listen, there's going to be some goals tonight. In Arizona, I'll tell you that. And I think Drysaddle is going to be on the board for one. Uh, so feeling pretty good about both these bets here over on Betway. Uh, bet the responsible way must be 19 plus to play. 
Ontario. If you choose to play, play responsibly. All right, yep. we'll wrap it up there. A lot of good Tyler Mott discourse in the chat today, which was just so unexpected, but it was great. Um, okay, we'll wrap it up there for my co-host Chris Faber and our technical producer Alex Lard. Thanks to everybody in the chat, and thanks, to, of course, to all of our podcast listeners. Uh, it's a sunny afternoon. This has been the Canucks Conversation. Fire up the tank, Alex. We're still alive. Thanks for listening to Canucks Conversation. Hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. How about keep it to a thank you, Jim? Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.